0: Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the show this week. How are (laughs) y'all? I hope you're feeling inspired and creative and capable and future-focused in your lives and your Etsy shops. And if not, well then perhaps this is the perfect place for you to be today. (laughs) And I'm super glad you're here. I love spending this time with you. Thank you for listening. I hope it's helpful. Today, we are exploring a totally new topic for the podcast. We are talking about other sites that are like Etsy that you might want to check out if A, you want to grow bigger than Etsy can take you right now, B, Etsy isn't working well for you right now, (laughs) C, you're curious about other audiences, or D, you want to sell something that Etsy doesn't allow. So in full transparency, I have not personally sold on any of these sites myself. I've I've never gone that direction. So I'm not bringing you insight from my experiences. This is totally based on research I did for us, but... If you guys like this episode and this topic, let me know, like DM me or email me if, especially if one of these jumps out at you and I will see about bringing in dedicated experts who can talk to us about these in more detail and from personal experience. Um, I just want to make sure I hear from several of you and that I'm not boring you. If you'd rather me just like stay a little more in the in the Etsy zone. That's kind of not my like long-term vision. I want to give you guys lots of ideas, but like, let me know. Okay. It's like your feedback is super critical for this. So with that, let's dive into the research. Uh, the first Etsy alternative we are looking at today is I want to like drum roll, but I feel like it's going to sound awkward. (laughs) So I'll just say it's Amazon handmade. Did you know most of you probably did, but maybe some of you didn't know that Amazon literally has a category for handmade items. Yes, you can sell your creations on the Amazon Beast in a way that is similar to Etsy. Amazon handmade sellers are quite elite, <laughs> but if you, if you already sell a really amazing made with your hands product on Etsy, this could be such a great move for you. It really could be. You have to apply and get accepted to their program and they're strict about their policies. They take their handmade artisan community really seriously, but that can be such a bonus for us too, right? When we think about some of the things maybe we don't love about Etsy, it means that the space is protected and and excellence is expected. So the first step is to create a professional seller account, which costs $39.99 a month then you can apply to Amazon Handmade from there. And if you're approved, that $39.99 a month is actually waived. So they're good to to their handmade artists. And I am sure if you're declined, you can then cancel your seller account if you wanna go that direction too. The rule is all products must be made, altered or assembled by hand by you, a member of your collective or an employee. So and in terms of fees, <laughs> you ready? There's a 15% transaction fee taken by Amazon for every sales. So it's steep, but it's Amazon. Like think of the crazy traffic they could drive to your products. And so you're, from there, you're just going to find ways to build those expenses into your sales price. It's a it's a decisive move, right? So it would be a different category on Amazon, um, but you could also absolutely sell your digital or print on demand products over there, too. Um, if you've got some that are doing really well on Etsy, they'd likely sell on Amazon, too. So it's something to think about. It would be if I were you and I was in digital or print on demand, I'd probably like go to YouTube and I would search um, sell, you know. Um, digital products on Amazon. And you'll probably find a ton of information if you want to like really dig into that. For some of you who are really ready to scale your businesses, this could be a powerful next step for you. So uh, of course, I will link the um, click over the link for Amazon um, handmade programs down in the show notes. So you can just skip over there and look at it more in detail. Next up, we have the marketplace site called Store Envy. So it's spelled Store S T O R E N V Y. So they've smushed the two words together and took out one of the E's. Store Envy. And it has been around since 2010, which I couldn't believe. And it had almost 2 million site visits last month. So, I mean, in comparison to Etsy, Etsy had 388.5 million. <laughs> so Store Envy has a lot less, but I mean, $2 million is not too shabby. Um, Store Envy is not specifically handmade. It's not a specifically handmade site, which might open up more opportunities for some sellers. But they do have a list of, you know, not allowed items. Um, which I'll link for you in the show notes so you can take a look in case you're curious. But it's stuff like you can't sell weapons or adult toys or hazardous materials or live animals. Um, of course, you can't sell someone else's intellectual property. But otherwise, it seems like there are a lot more possibilities um, than what we see on Etsy. And so Store calls themselves an e-commerce platform for brands which is a bit different from what we're used to. Their site says they are a, they currently have um, 56,000 brands. They're calling them brands selling their products on the platform. Uh, Okay. So I feel like the store envy site when I was visiting it, it's not as fancy as Etsy, but it's very clean, attractive, easy to use. It feels current, uh, which I like. And I think the fact that they're focusing on attracting brands is bringing in like high quality sellers. So the, the photography you'll see on a, lo- a lot of the listings is top notch. Um, it feels, it just feels more professional, more comparable to Etsy. And I was pleased to see this, especially compared to the feel of several other sites that we'll look at today. Um, this, this definitely felt more like a comp, a comparable marketplace to Etsy, except for the traffic, um, Store Envy offers a lot of customization for your shop and brand. If you want it, you can you you know you can get in there and make it all your own. But also, the platform allows for a very simple setup, just like an Etsy shop. If the bells and whistles just aren't your thing, the basic platform for Store Envy is free to start. Um, but they do offer payment plans if you want to add more features. So I I kind of like it. They're letting you kind of customize. They also have a 15% transaction fee when you make a sale and their motto is they don't get paid until you do. (laughs) I don't know. These numbers of the percentages are kind of, okay. All right. We got a plan for, got a, got a plan for more profit there. Our next site is called Ruby lane. Ruby lane is a great site to sell vintage items. Um, ranging from art, jewelry, clothing, dolls, pottery, antiques, glass, silver, and collectibles. Uh, They get an impressive 1.5 million visitors per month. I was happy to see that, especially for like strictly vintage. In my research, I found a site called e-commerce bites, uh, which puts out an annual report that I was interested in. It's called the Seller's Choice Awards, and they rank the top e-commerce sites in order of like seller satisfaction. So in 2021, Ruby Lane came in third place, which I mean, for a store I've never heard for, heard of. That's not bad. Um, It was above Etsy in the rankings, which uh, Etsy was fourth place. And then um, for context, eBay was the number one. And another site that we'll talk about um, called Bonanza was number two. Super interesting. So Ruby Lane, where you been? Okay. Ruby Lane uh, very much feels like an online flea market, I thought, only a bit cleaner. Um, It's sort of like an antiquers digital paradise. (laughs) I I do think the site is well organized and clean looking, clean looking though, which was nice because, you know, you're seeing a lot of pictures of older things, which just naturally is going to affect the aesthetic. Right. Searching is easy. Everything is well laid out. I mean, if I were into vintage, if that was my thing, I would run and not walk to check this one out. Um, Ruby Lane does not charge a listing fee so long as you list at least 15 items a month. So they're rewarding consistency, which I thought was interesting. There is no cost until you sell and then they take a 9.9% transaction fee. So just like side note, guys, (laughs) we're three deep. Anyone else thinking that Etsy's new 6.5% transaction fee is feeling like nothing? (laughs) I mean, we've seen a lot of people throw a fit about it and I, I understand, but like I'm just like comparing these and I'm thinking like they really do give us a fair shake for for what they give us <laughs> what have I been saying number four um bonanza so let's talk about bonanza since I just mentioned it I had never heard of it before but they were number two on those seller choice awards after eBay they had um 3.4 million site visits last month which I was very happy to see I think so bonanza, is like a cross between eBay and Etsy. You know, if eBay and Etsy had a baby, it might be Bonanza. Their tagline is, find everything but the ordinary. Um, I liked it. It appears that there's a lot of freedom about what you can sell, but it's not. they're not going to have as much customization available to your shop on the platform. So you're not seeing the bells and whistles. It's a much simpler aesthetic. It's not explicitly considered a handmade platform, but they did have a specific list of what's not allowed, which I'll link for you in the show notes there was a lot of flexibility. When I visited the site, I noticed that everything is far less polished and more informal than Etsy. It seems like uh, maybe it's supposed to feel like more like a craft fair online. Um, so sellers, they call it, they, what you have, they call it a booth instead of a shop, but it's still your little you know, corner of the site. And the other new ones I read about which was interesting and different to me is that buyers and sellers expect to negotiate. So while it's not the standard culture for us on Etsy for a buyer to DM a seller and offer a lower price, um, it's very much the culture on Bonanza. It's expected. And so sellers should be prepared for that. And even probably price your items a bit higher so that you have some wiggle room that just kind of the vibe is the buyers want to feel like they're getting a deal. Bonanza does not have a listing fee. They just charge a 3.5% transaction fee on the final sales price, which I think is a great deal. This may actually explain some of that seller satisfaction rating. (laughs) that They're getting from the seller choice. But the fee is also that 3.5% is also applied to any shipping that was charged above $10, so the $10 they don't charge it and then above that they do. And then they'll also have a minimum 50 cent transaction fee regardless of the final price of the product. So, you know, you're, you're giving them 50 cents a transaction either way for sales over a thousand dollars. The fee structure is a bit different. I think it's interesting that they're having a lot of sales over a thousand dollars, but my guess is that won't apply to most of us. So I'm sparing us the math and you can look that up. Um, Their information was pretty easy to find. If you want to learn more about that higher ticket items, Bonanza has um, also has advertising available for sellers and it's something that you can choose to opt into. It's not mandatory, but I like seeing that's there. I didn't see that on all of these. I thought it was a really interesting option, to be honest. Um, we love that low transaction fee, that was nice. And if we can find a happy workaround for the haggle culture, you know, if that doesn't bother you too much or you just can't get to a point where, okay, like I accept this part of this, tra- this platform, I think it seems like Bonanza is worth exploring. This episode is brought to you by the non-stop template shop created by Anastasia's Templates. Okay, guys, <laughs> listen, this is where I get giddy. You know it's good stuff when the coach gets excited, okay? This, this product is insanely cool. If you currently have an Etsy shop where you're selling digital products or you want to start adding some passive income to your existing Etsy shop, this is the easiest solution ever. I wish I came up with it myself. I say that every day. My good friend, Anastasia, she's a fellow Etsy coach and she focuses on the digital product niche. She offers this monthly membership where she uses her genius and exceptional design skills to create a gorgeous template that you can then sell in your own Etsy shop. Insane. You can sell her created template. So each month she's going to send you a new template that you can customize for your shoppers, make your own. You could change colors. You could do different wording or branding or photos, whatever you want to do to make it your own. And then you can sell that template in your own shop to your own shoppers. You could literally create. 20 or more new listings each month with each template that you get. And you're going to save yourself buckets of time. I think that's why I get so excited. It's like the time factor because creating a template from scratch can be a ton of work because you've got to think through the actual like template, the construction. Is it something people want? The design, the functionality, how the end user is going to like use it and download it. There are so many factors. And that is why this is one of the most ingenious solutions for creating passive income ever, because it takes so much of the work off of your plate. You'll never have to create templates from scratch again. And you're going to get like tried and true designs by someone who has mastered this niche. I know I'm gushing, I know, but I'm so excited for you because the path just got so much easier with this solution, you know, and by the way, like her monthly membership for this is a steal. So, Check it out. Save yourself time. Start adding passive income to your wallet. You can see all the details and bunches of testimonials over at howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash template. Again, that's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash template. And I cannot wait to hear your results. Next up is a site called AFTCRA. A-F-T-C-R-A. My research showed that it only gets 22.9 thousand monthly visits, which does not excite me. Um, as a point of reference, my website, howtosellyourstuff.com, got over 8,000 visits last month. And like, let's not forget that Etsy have 388.5 million I would just hope that a marketplace is getting way more traffic than an Etsy podcaster like me. Um, I, although I'm not hundred percent convinced that the traffic numbers I have found are correct. I, I do think even if they are off though, they're probably giving us relative information. So most likely Aftcra has by far the lowest traffic of all the sites we've discussed up until now. That's, that's probably a reasonable assumption. I just wish accurate data for, or um, I could find really accurate data for, what the site visits are for these sites. I mean, it wasn't. It just wasn't public information. So I wish it was easier to find for you, but I think we're getting some relative information. And that aside, AFTRA is a marketplace specifically for handmade goods made in the United States. Um, so I'm sorry if you're not in the US, but I did say, so PS, in my research, I stumbled upon folksy.com, F-O-L-K-S-Y.com, which is the same kind of um, platform, but for the UK. So British friends, look at folksy.com. AFKRA defines handmade as made by hand and not by machine, and typically, therefore, superior quality. They allow you to sell handmade or handcrafted products, upcycled or repurposed products, and printed products. I I couldn't find anything explicit about digital products. However, I did... Um, I was able to find digital coloring pages, so they must have some allowance for it. They're, they're clearly allowing some digital products. You have to kind of, I think, get in there. It wasn't obvious on, on just the uh, before unless you signed up to be a seller. So unlike Etsy, the digital and print on demand space on AFCRA is massively untouched. But again, their traffic, their monthly traffic appears to be kind of low, in my opinion. The site is certainly simpler than Etsy, but I thought it was quite nice. They've done a good job creating an online marketplace that doesn't feel sketchy, which I, I think is key. And I don't think there's a ton of competition. So again, not a ton of shoppers, but not a ton of competition. But for handmade sellers, I think this is a really nice additional marketplace to Etsy. I don't, I don't know that it's got the traffic to replace it, but I mean, you could, you, you could try it as a second, and then you you may need to plan to send some of your own traffic that way. Um. I'd love to see them grow and expand in the future. It could, it could maybe become sort of more of what Etsy initially was for makers, like for handcrafted makers. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. In terms of costs, Aftcra has no setup fee or listing fee. However, there is a 7% transaction fee when you make a sale. So kind of similar-ish to Etsy there. Our next site is iCraft. The company is called iCraft Gifts. It's a Canadian-based company that allows sellers from all over the world to use their platform. It was founded in 2007. They had 35,000 visits last month according to that site similarweb.com, which is the resource I use to check all these sites that I'm not totally confident in. I just couldn't find anything else. Um, the iCraft site itself none of the other sites did this, but iCraft claims they had 1.3 million visits in the past six months. So, I mean, that suggests a really different monthly visit count than, you know, than what similarweb.com was saying. So, I mean, do with that what you will. Neither source is perfect, but if what they're saying is true, it does make a much more interesting platform from a, a shopper traffic perspective iCraft calls itself the place for everything handmade and the info page for sellers did not give clear guidelines on what they allow. (laughs) This part was, that was kind of frustrating about this one. It just had a block of um, handmade, handmade items, but I kind of scoured the internet and found that apparently you can't sell vintage items or craft supplies. Um, And I also couldn't find any evidence of digital items either. So I think we're really in the handmade space there. The site is pretty basic, but I didn't hate it. Everything is far less polished. So it kind of like surprised me after seeing all the top-notch photography on Etsy that we see and then again on Store Envy, I liked that they they had that higher end feel. There's just like a lot of ugly and even slightly blurry pictures on products. Um, which I guess I saw on several of these sites. So iCraft kind of reminded me of what Ravelry, if any of you ever used Ravelry years ago, it was a site for fiber arts. It just, um, real real basic website. I mean, I think the positive is if they're getting traffic for what you're selling and you have better pictures because we have talked about this and Lizzie has hounded you about it, you know, you could potentially really stick out on iCraft. I think it's interesting. I found it easy to navigate and their search tool I thought this was cool. It has a lot of features, like in addition to a normal search field for keywords, you can explicitly search by city or state or country. You know, if you're trying to source something from a particular place, I thought that was really neat um, and intuitive. It was easy to use. To get started, you pay a one-time $25 registration fee, um, and then they have a monthly membership of $15 a month, which goes down if you pay for several months up front. Interestingly, they have zero listing fees, no transaction fees or any other fees. Like you're just paying $15 a month and the 25 up front, which I mean, it's a it's such a different model. I thought that was kind of cool. Like just depending on what vibe you like better, that that could be a good fit. And then finally number 7, we have eBay. I think we really can't complete this discussion without mentioning eBay. Um I guess to me it it feels kind of like the wild wild west. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into a negotiation with every customer about the value of my products, but it is tried and true. It was interesting to look at it. People shop there constantly. They get a ton of traffic. In fact, um, 784.3 million monthly visits, according to similarweb.com, which kicks Etsy's butt (laughs) to like almost double, right? Um, Etsy had 388.5 million. So You know, you have to approach eBay with a different mentality. And if you can do that, it may be a great second stream of sales for you. Seriously, because of this, the traffic, the shoppers. And let's not forget that it was also the number one seller's choice for marketplaces in 2021, uh, which is kind of amazing for as long as it's been around. So while eBay does work like an auction, they have great settings. You know, you can set a... um, like a minimum low price where you don't have to lose your shirt. You don't have to sell something for less than you really want to. And then let's not forget like the auction function. It could sometimes go the other way for you and you could sell something for way more than you were hoping to on the positive side. Uh, eBay allows you to sell almost anything, which is great for us from homemade goods to used or unused items that you have. They just won't let you sell things that break laws or infringe on intellectual property. And this is a lot more freedom than we see on most of these marketplace sites. I think the eBay site feels like a simpler version of Amazon, but it's much easier to get on eBay as a seller. (laughs) Amazon is notorious for being difficult to get approved on or for getting kicked off of, um, as wonderful as it can be otherwise. eBay is just a lower barrier to entry. And in terms of fees, the structure on eBay is more complicated. So I'll link their full description in the show notes of how they break their fees down. But essentially, eBay charges a 10 to 15% transaction fee for the final value of the item because of course you know it's, there's going to potentially be bartering happening. Um so whatever the final price is and then your first 250 listings are free and after that it's 35 cents per listing. And that's our list for today guys. Super interesting, right? I mean I know that was A lot of data but I mean I hope it kind of got your wheels turning and I really think there was a possible solution in the mix for almost anyone or and everyone to um, to expand or pivot or add another stream if you're curious or, or even just understand like sometimes it's great just to have the knowledge just to know what else is happening in the marketplace so with that have such a great week and I will talk to you next time until then go make something awesome and that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy thanks so much for hanging out with me today If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.